You ready? Indie or AAA? Indie. IAPs or ads? Ads. Casual or strategy? Casual. You're listening to Level Up with Melissa Zalouf. Today on the show, we have Jane Anderson from ZeptoLab. Jane, thank you so much for being with us here today. Maybe let's kick off with you telling us a little bit about yourself, Jane. You're head of ad monetization at ZeptoLab, which is a massive gaming company. And before that, you were with Wise Games. What drew you to working in the gaming industry? I graduated from Novosibirsk University in Siberia, and we had a massive techno park that had huge investments from government and my university was very strong in programming, coding and all this mathematical stuff. Thus in this techno part there's been a lot of developers, like indie developers, that had awesome projects but they had no idea where to go further. They had no idea about user acquisition, monetization and stuff so I decided that this can be the future of gaming back then like five or six years ago that we can help these smart guys to monetize better and that's where I started from. So really it was about kind of bringing the the business savvy and and the business infrastructure for really great game products. Exactly. So uh, what is the most exciting thing for you about working in games? What keeps you happy to come into work every day? Crazy and smart people at the same time. (laughs) And what was the last game you recommended to someone else? Um, Cats. That makes that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Tell me, in the years you've been working in the gaming industry, because it's an industry that changes really fast, how have you seen things shift, certainly from the monetization perspective? Well, things shifted completely from one thing to another. I remember that like four years ago, there's been barely any mediation platforms. If there was an ad network appearing with sort of a big clients, everybody started integrating them almost without testing because nobody knew how to test it. KPIs were like CPMs, best case scenario, if not fill rate. So right now people are so much more precise in terms of estimation, analytics. People actually compare if advertising changes something in retention. Before that, it was almost impossible. And It was the era of games that were premium. That's why rewarded wasn't really a thing. Right. Do you think that certainly on the monetization side, but maybe across the whole industry, there's been a a shift to focus a lot more on on data? Um, Obviously, there's the creative side of kind of making great games, but it's also sort of looking at uh, things like rewarded advertising and looking at the data to see how that can impact gameplay. Yeah, because first of all, right now, I think all the major publishers are integrating advertising on soft launches they uh, measure all the possible metrics and how the advertising impacts it so yeah of course like data from all sides data inside uh, platforms uh, data inside ad networks data that we use on the regular basics to analyze and data that we're in the end of the day improving in the product would you recommend kind of rewarded advertising to any developer of any kind of category or subcategory of games not to all of them actually rewarded advertising works very well for millennials that play a lot and spend a lot. Rewarded advertising doesn't work that good in casual gaming. But again, like kids games and very, very casual games are coming from paid apps. So in this case... Uh, there are different revenue models in place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, interstitials are still going to work better in these kinds of games than rewarded apps. So it's not like solution for everybody, but for majority. And how have you guys sort of at Zepto Lab seen rewarded impact things beyond... As 
you said, mobile advertising today and, and certainly game advertising today is shifting from being just something that kind of impacts your bottom line, though it does that too, to being a part of an engagement strategy and an integral part of the in-app experience. How have you seen rewarded advertising impact other metrics, like you said, retention, or even kind of converting non-paying users into paying users? I cannot say that if you had no paying users with rewarded ads, you're going to have 70% of paying users. Mm-hmm. But on the example of cats that were released half a year ago, we made multiple tests with ads and made sure that we chose the case where we increased the value, didn't drop any single metric, but only increased it mm-hmm. and added some percent of revenue. How early on is ad monetization a part of the development process at Zepto Lab? For sure not on the first stages and it doesn't make sense to make it on the first stage, but usually on the balancing stage, it's essential. Mm-hmm. When the in-app purchases are balanced and um, game designers and product managers think that this is the best way of balancing in-app purchases, then we come in place and from the data that they had already, we're trying to improve. And do you, do you face any sort of resistance from the, from the product managers and the game designers or do the development team sort of recognize the positive value of advertising beyond just being a revenue generator? Uh, well, first of all, you should understand where we're coming from. We're coming from Cut the Road franchise mm-hmm. uh, main source of revenue is advertising mm-hmm. so we have very good professionals working with us in terms of technical support and management so everybody in the company knows that we know what we're doing that's why on the new projects we never actually faced any kind of resistance we're working as a team you know during the soft launch game designer product manager and advertising we're just one one game designer team that's trying to balance and rebalance advertising and what role does monetization strategies have in during a soft launch process i can't say that we have a strategy during the soft launch the only ultimate goal is to bring added value not less than on the previous project we have you know like the benchmark of the last project released that was good on our perspective the next project should be that benchmark also of course we're taking into consideration the market averages like engagement rate with ads should not be less than at least 50% and these you know generic metrics how common or how how often do you think ad monetization teams are aware of industry benchmarks around engagement rate or usage rate or you know metrics even on on the sort of on the on the demand side with installs per per thousand impressions how much penetration do these kind of slightly more sophisticated metrics have with monetization teams i'm not sure about the market in general but we're keeping in touch with the networks and uh, we're like again one team with all the partners since they're getting money and we're getting money and uh, this information can be disclosed by networks I mean, we're not asking for any generic numbers or any names behind that. Of course, you can print like news on uh, Pocket Gamer and stuff. And there are dashboards pretty open in some of the sources. So I think that the lack of data may happen to small publishers that don't have the account manager teams um, in ad networks. But for us, it's pretty transparent and we understand plus minus where the market is going. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you talked about the fact that you have, you know, different franchises and, and, and you're launching, you know, new games and at a regular clip. What are, what have been kind of the biggest lessons you've learned about ad monetization when it comes to different geos? Do you see differences in how kind of users will interact with either IAPs or, or even with ads in different countries? Yeah, of course. It's, well, first of all, you should always have the calendar of holidays per country. I can say that 
I had a very strange lesson this year when I saw that on 1st of September, when kids went to school, overall performance decreased, but in China, it decreased like times, times more. Wow. We were so surprised that probably Chinese school education is much more strict and people are spending more time in school and they don't time to play at all. You know, these small differences for geo are actually huge because school exists everywhere. Everybody goes to school on 1st of September. Right. So basically sort of it's about being aware of kind of cultural or or regional dates in a way and seeing how that's going to impact performance. And it impacts a lot because we know that on holidays brands spend a lot, advertisers increase bids. So you always have to be aware of what's coming. Easter is nothing in MENA, but Mm -hmm. in other countries you should be ready for this. And how kind of proactive are you in in updating your administration strategy based on different dates or taking advantage also of different dates like, you know, Thanksgiving or Christmas or even people kind of setting up their new devices after, you know, Christmas and New Year's when they got a bunch of presents? I'd say that there are two ways to go. First way is to ask partners what's coming and to get sort of uh, premium deals from them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like direct deals from brands and stuff and the second way to go is just to increase manually the floor prices this is also something that we can do and uh, I think that most of the publishers can easily do this like spending 10-15 minutes Mm -hmm. for the majority of channels I mean if Christmas is coming it makes sense to push all the resources to to bid more to bid higher and and what about dynamic pricing for example with with rewarded video is this something you guys have, have found to be sort of something you're doing something that you found is successful Well, that's a good question. In general, I believe in dynamic pricing. I think that the future is there, but dynamic pricing doesn't work for best channels of advertising so far. I mean, all the SDK ad networks need CPM floors to work better. That's what we tested and what works for us. Right. And and then jumping off from programmatic, how do you see brand advertisers moving into the gaming space? I think traditionally, I think some brands have been reluctant to kind of buy on gaming inventory because they have sort of negative legacy associations of gamers being, you know, guys in their sort of early 20s in a basement with not a lot of disposable income um, when when we know that's that's not the case um, and, and that everybody in you know everybody and their grandma are playing mobile games today you know what do you think is going to be critical to, to getting those brand budgets into mobile games and leveraging that well of course we need to educate brands and everybody's talking about this and everybody understands this because brands still tend to spend more on TV wherever but not gaming and they're afraid of it and rewarded video especially sounds like incentivized for them you know if you noticed or not nobody's saying incentivized video anymore well brands are coming that's for sure right now they're not taking the uh highest priorities there's some somewhere in the like middle of waterfall but the demand is increasing from brands ourselves we have a different story with brands we used to monetize uh, cut the rope like mostly brands but with time cpi campaigns started to beat the CPMs from uh, brands. So for us, even internally, like right now, brands are more like in the middle of the waterfall, Mm -hmm. which is, I don't know, it's good or bad, but that's how the picture is. And probably if we we are completely honest, I think that next year it's not going to change. And is that because you think brands are not yet built for mobile um, or for mobile games? They're not yet educated or savvy enough to understand how to sort of bid on, on mobile traffic and, and, and be competitive with, with CPI campaigns? 
or do you think it's more of a, a kind of a technological issue that the pipes that kind of connect brands to in-app inventory just aren't where they need to be yet to make the most effective partnership between you know publishers and, and advertisers? I think that the reason for that is that we're coming from different worlds. Our world is super dynamic. We're working in the most dynamic industry. Everything is changing constantly. For brands, they're used to stable things. That's why it takes so long for them to shift from one thing to another. When we're moving from paid games to premium ones with all different economies, brands have just understood that there is mobile market. So again, it's not bad, it's not good, but that's how the things are. This is the huge potential for our industry and huge potential for their industry as well, actually. And finally, we're going to move there slowly, baby steps, but we will. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you seen kind of brand demand? You said it's sort of, you know, slowly that they were eclipsed by kind of CPI campaigns. But have you seen sort of the overall brand demand increase kind of year over year over the last two or three years? Overall, uh, if we count all the branded campaigns inside networks, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, if we're talking about direct direct campaigns that are coming for us as a publisher mm-hmm. or that are coming to another publishers uh, that do not invest crazy amount of money in sales teams, no. Mostly because, first of all, the agencies that started understanding what mobile traffic is, they don't go to publishers anymore. They go to networks because the networks work already directly with publishers and they have a huge range of audience, they have a huge amount of traffic and so on so far. Uh, we have programmatic where brands can buy. So in general, yes, directly, no. Interesting. It seems as though you, your perspective is that the future of brand demand in gaming and, and perhaps in mobile in general is not direct. Although I think probably traditionally that's where a lot of the kind of great deals were. But I, it's more now about kind of making sure that the network you're working with has is plugged into brands and agencies. Exactly. The, right. the second one totally, yeah. Well, direct worked very well in the past, but direct is manual. It requires Mm -hmm. operations. It requires manual setup. And the industry is just slowly moving away from that. We, as a company, wouldn't mind any network having direct relationships with brands other than us. Because we know that it's going to be the same campaign in the end of the day. We're not going to invest mm-hmm. in operations. We're going to pay for that uh, to the network. We're fine with that. And it's going to be the same here for everybody. So I want to sort of jump back to ad monetization for a minute um, and, and kind of talk about the free-to-play experience. Because you've, you've launched several kind of free-to-play games. And as you said, Cut the Rope is not reliant, but a large portion of its revenues comes from ads. How do you balance kind of the user experience consideration with the ad monetization experience? We have ads inside Cadro for over five years. And during all these years, we made enormous amount of tests. We tested frequency, we tested placements, we tested different ad formats from um, super native to rewarded video. We tried basically every single thing that market offered at that time. And the only metric that we're checking is, well, I mean, not the only metric, but the only thing that we're checking is how users uh, reply to our changes. I mean, if the retention rate, uh, retention rate, or the churn rate increases, decreases. If we have more negative reviews in the store, and right now still this is very sensitive topic. If there is any single comment or something bad happening in the store, uh, we react to that 
pretty fast we turn off or block ads that somehow went through the filters mm -hmm. so yeah I mean just testing testing and testing and and you it, it's interesting you say you're very responsive to kind of user comments because you, you also have strong online communities for your titles you have a YouTube channel also for, for cut the rope with the cartoon series with you know with billions of views how do you manage kind of user response there's a large amount of users to cover so what kind of internal infrastructure do you have to make sure that you are tracking user responses across all of your games we have a support team and uh, most of the users especially from cats and king of thieves that are not kids they tag with bugs like they report bugs they can easily like tell us we saw this kind of video that we're not happy with in this country and then we're gonna make everything possible to, to block this ad. And do you ever have the opposite uh, experience where users are like we love this new ad unit or you know there's I remember a story I think it was maybe play dots I don't remember who said that they took rewarded video out of their game and then they got a bunch of negative reviews from users who who said you know bring bring back the rewarded video why did you take it out have you ever had experiences where users kind of react really positively to an ad unit well we had an awesome case with cats when we launched globally already we had a small cohort of users without advertising or with very limited advertising and we we got reviews like where are my ads I want rewarded videos this test wasn't fun do you think that this is perhaps part of a bigger kind of, not just a mobile gaming and not just even a mobile trend, but a kind of a wider global consumer trend when it comes to kind of digital mobile content that simply put, users today are not ready or very rarely ready to pay for even content that they love. And that in general, even for games, as you said, sort of casual games or games for kids where there isn't as much opportunity to kind of monetize with, with rewarded advertising. Do you think that rewarded will slowly but surely kind of eat all other forms of advertising if we don't consider casual apps then yes for sure it is a friendly everybody loves it it's bringing money what else do you need <laughs> it's true users love it they're not you know everywhere else you have users blocking ads right and yeah. and and with rewarded video you have, you have users asking for them so that's a pretty marked difference let's jump for a second to the game marketing side of things because Zeptolab has, has had a bunch of, of super successful games uh, most recently with cats what's kind of the, the secret sauce to growing that far that fast there's an awesome like amazing huge amount of work that's standing behind that but this is like every single department has something to do with this success. From artists to testers to marketing to business development, like everybody contributed. And how do you think you guys sort of stay competitive in a gaming market that's growing super fast um, and, and the barriers to entry for new game developers keep going down so that, you know, many people can, you know, make a game in, in their spare time. How does Zeta Lab sort of stay competitive with each new game? First of all, we launch innovative games. We don't clone games and I'm not saying that it's bad, but that's our strength mm -hmm. that all our mechanics are new and there are no great competitors for us in the market also of course people people should love our games and we're trying to make sure that the app meets all the metrics and the users like and only after a lot of testing we release something so testing testing is key I, I mean, I'm noticing a theme. It's key in, in kind of development, in monetization and in marketing. Exactly. What advice would you give to a, a developer kind of just starting out? Someone at the beginning of the journey has to be has to be balancing monetization, UA, design and, and development. Kind of what do you think are the key critical elements to be paying attention to when you're just starting out? 
I think that developers right now should understand that the industry has moved much further. It's not like the industry five years ago and the product should be very quality. Because right now, no bad apps are in top ratings and the competition is very high. So they should understand, first of all, that they're entering the very competitive market. And that's, that's actually sort of a, a nice segue to my final question, which is kind of a broad general one. How do you see the industry kind of changing in the next five years? It's obviously a long time. The, the industry changes much faster than that. But if you had to kind of hazard a guess, how do you think things are going to evolve over the next five years? First of all, I'm sure that we're going to adapt to several new devices like VR, AR, whatever, whatever is coming. Uh, since we're used to all these adaptations, we're going to adapt to what's coming as well. And uh, while the market is consolidating, that for sure, uh, small companies, the amount of small companies is decreasing drastically. The market leaders are like established right now. So yeah, like two points, adaptation and consolidation. Well, um, that's super interesting. Thank you, Jane, for being with us here today and for sharing your unique insight and experience. And look forward to see what comes next for ZeptoLab. It was my pleasure. Thank you very much. PC or mobile? Mobile. Free to play or pay to play? Free to play. iOS or Android? iOS. Super Mario or Sonic? Both. <laughs> I'll allow. <laughs>